Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. How is everyone? Good. How is everyone? Okay, there we go. We got a little something. <sighs> Happy Sunday, family. Give me a word for your week. Amazing. What did I hear over here? Trial. Triumph. Gotcha. Exhilarating. Ooh. What was that? But God. Tiring. Interesting. Always interesting. Interesting is such an interesting word. (laughs) One more. I love it. I love being up here, being able to connect with you guys in this way. You look so beautiful today. Hmm. May we come together, close our eyes. Place your feet on the floor. Ground yourself to this present moment. Feel the earth as it supports you. No matter what we are going through, we are always being supported. Always being guided. Feel that support beneath your feet. Pay attention to the way your body feels in your chair. Bring awareness to that feeling. Lengthen your spine. Roll your shoulders, your necks. Relax your eyes your forehead, relax your eyebrows, unclench your jaw, remove your tongue from the roof of your mouth, and just relax. A deep breath in through the nose, And we exhale and we let go. Set your intention for your practice. Set your intention for your week, for your day. Set your intention and think about this mentally, spiritually, physically, 
emotionally and financially set your intention breathe into that intention let go of all that stands in the way of your intention invited into this space of love as we commune together in this beautiful space we become one our intentions are one god is one with all of us in this space every day every moment you are never alone and there's someone in here that needs to hear that you are standing in the middle of a breakthrough right now my friend you are standing in the middle of a breakthrough deep breath in through the nose hold it release find stillness deep breath in through the nostrils let it fill your lungs release as you breathe in you're breathing in love you're breathing in hope and peace and joy you're breathing in that breakthrough the essence of god and as we let go imagine yourself feel it see it feel it as you just let go of all that no longer serves you we let go of fear we let go of guilt we let go deep breath let's let go together just let go beautiful and we breathe in for 5 four, Three, two, one, release. Beautiful. In for five, four, three, two, one, and we release. Slow the breath down. In for three. Two, one, hold it. Two, one, release for three. Two, one, we slow the breath down. In for three. Two, one, hold it. Two, one, release for three. Two, one find stillness i want you to pay attention to your thoughts right now pay attention to the mind as it wanders into the past wanders into the future 
every time this happens in your practice, in life, you concentrate on your breath. So the feeling of the air going in through your nostrils and the feeling of the air going out through your nostrils every time the mind goes to the past and the future because the mind cannot exist in the present moment. And this is the only moment that we have. And so it must be cherished with everything that we have. And so to be here, when the mind gets chaotic, I want you to come home to the breath. And so we breathe in through the nose, and we let go through the nose. And we feel as the body begins to float, as it gets lighter and lighter, as the mind finds its stillness. Feel as your shoulders drop. Feel as everything just allows you to be here And we breathe and just let it go. And we find stillness. Just be present. Be present in your body. Feel the sensations of your body. Feel your heart beating. Feel as your feet ground to the floor. Feel God's love in and around you. The present moment is all that we have. It is where God exists. And we breathe in through the nose and simply just let go. Give your energy a color, red, green, blue, whatever you choose. And I want you to send this color, send this energy out to the world. Imagine it just touching all parts of the globe all of this beautiful love, this light that we send out to the world. Bring it back into your heart. Feel your neighbor's shoulder against you. Send your neighbor some love. Everybody send Sam some love. Send Heartway love. Send your family love, your friends love. You are so powerful. And feel this love as it flows through the top of your head all the way down to your feet. And I ask that you place your hand on your beautiful heart and invite yourself to tell yourself how much you love yourself. Affirm how amazing you are how beautiful you are and that you will get through this breakthrough. 
and we breathe one more time together. Deep inhale through the nose. Audible exhale, just let go. Mm. When you are ready, you may come back into your body. Roll your necks, your shoulders. Open your beautiful eyes. I love you and I thank you. Amen. Thank you. <sighs> Love to see beautiful faces. Happy that you're all here. Exciting times in the life of Heartway. For the last couple years, I've, especially post-COVID, I've been telling folks that I feel like our, our roots are just getting deeper and deeper, relationships getting stronger, um, uh, people's spiritual life seems to be becoming more vibrant, a lot of growth and maturity happening. And I believe that healthy things grow. So even though roots are underground and you can't really see roots deepening and expanding, eventually what comes up out of the ground is going to be beautiful and fruitful. And I think we're stepping into that season right now. And so I want to thank uh, all of our leaders, all of our volunteers who put in so much work, so much effort, and so much love into what they do. Can we put our hands together just one time for everybody who volunteers and leads at Heartway? You all know who you are, love you tremendously, and we wouldn't be able to do it without you. So I want to uh, tackle a couple different themes today, waiting, hoping, trusting, and somehow we'll make a stew and tie this all together, and I hope it'll make sense by the end of it. But how many of you here like waiting? <laughs> wow, such unspiritual people. <sighs> waiting sucks, man. We don't like to wait. Waiting in line, waiting in traffic, waiting for Amazon to send us something, but you got to get Prime. You know, if you get prime, you don't have to deal with it too much, you know. But life sometimes puts us in these waiting periods, and it's really difficult for us to wait. We don't like to wait. So when life makes us wait, when God makes us wait, we tend to get antsy. We tend to get a little frustrated and impatient. Maybe you've been praying for something, and you haven't received that answer yet. Or maybe you've been waiting for circumstances in your life to change, or you've been waiting for a person in your life to change. And when you don't get what you're waiting for in your timetable, sometimes it's easy to begin blaming people. Sometimes we blame ourselves. Is there something wrong with me? Is God punishing me? Uh, some of us have been waiting for things for a really long time, and this process of waiting has made us quite miserable. There's a poet and philosopher by the name of Ralph Waldo Emerson who asks a very uh, poignant question when he says, how much of human life is lost in waiting? Waiting for the right person to come into our life. Waiting for the promotion. Waiting for circumstances to change. How much of our life is wasted away by us constantly looking towards the future and ignoring, forgetting, dismissing, neglecting where we are right now. 
So I want us to take some time today to reflect on what it is exactly that we're waiting for. What is it that you're hoping will happen in your life? We usually tend to think of hope as a very positive thing, and hope can be a positive quality. Uh, Hope can get us motivated. Hope can give us something to cling to when we feel like we have nothing. Hope can give us the strength to kind of keep going when we feel weak and when we feel like giving up. But there's also another side to hope that a lot of us uh, have lost sight of. And that is that hope and fear go hand in hand. So the stronger you hope for something, the more you fear it not happening. If you desperately hope for something to happen, that means you are desperately trying to avoid the alternative from occurring. Uh, There's this one uh, teacher by the name of Stephen Mitchell who says that hope is the projection of a small personal desire onto the infinite possibilities of the future. So when you're relying too heavily on hope, I'm hoping that something happens. You are essentially taking a limitless future in which anything can happen because there are no guarantees in life. And you are limiting that down to just one narrow version of how you think things should go. So can you see how that oftentimes can be a recipe for disappointment? This is why the scriptures tell us to place our hope in God. A lot of us have hope that our prayer will be answered according to our desire. A lot of us have hope that what we want to happen will happen. The scriptures say hope in God. What's the difference? Well, instead of expecting life to go the way that I want it to go, I'm trusting that God will always do what is good and God will always do what is best. And I remain open to whatever that may look like. And most of the time it looks totally different than how you envisioned it. So maybe you've heard the metaphor of like dangling a carrot in front of an an animal to kind of motivate it to go forward. But the carrot is always just a little out of reach. That's a good analogy for hope. Right? It's just always out of reach in the future, but it's not here right now in the present. And if we're always chasing after something in the future because we think that that thing will give us happiness, once that happens, then I can breathe, then I'll be okay, then everything will be all right in my world. And we totally forget that right here, right now, God has given us the perfect provision, everything that we need in this moment. We focus so much on the future, we miss the opportunities to truly enjoy the moment that we're in right now. So sometimes hope can actually get in the way of us accepting things the way they are. And if you cannot accept things the way that they are, you will never have peace. So hope relates to our imagination of how the future should be. Fear relates to our imagination of how the future shouldn't be. And both hope and fear represent our attachments to the way we want life to go. And as long as you are attached to an idea of how things should go, 
you will create suffering for yourself. And I know that this is uh, quite radical for a lot of us because some of us come into places of, of worship like this and we feel like we need hope. Give me hope, preacher. Give me something to cling to. Give me something to hold on to. And the only thing I'm ever going to tell you to hold on to is God. And God operates on a totally different dimension than your mind does. So throw away all of your ideas of how you think things should be and learn how to trust in divine providence. Learn how to trust in the way things are. It's helpful to remind yourself that you got to this place in your life right now despite all of your hopes and fears. In fact, a lot of the things that we hope for and a lot of the things that we fear never end up happening anyways. And when your fears have become realities, isn't it true that it's been the tough moments, the difficult moments, the hard moments in our life that have built us up and strengthened us and given us wisdom and helped us see things in a new way and granted us a new uh, level of perception and maturity in life? Of course, we're never going to know what's going to come in the future, but we don't need to. We can trust that we have all of the resources available within us to handle whatever it is that come to us when it does. So a bird that's on a branch isn't afraid of the branch breaking off of the tree. Why? Because the bird isn't trusting in the branch to hold it up. The bird trusts in its own wings and its ability to fly. God has given you your own set of wings, the power of his spirit within you. You have strength. You have resilience. You can persevere. You can get through whatever it is that life throws your way. So why should you be afraid? And that's actually something for myself when um, the divorce happened in 2021. And in the beginning phases of that, you know, your world is, you go through something like that. Everything's changing. Everything's shifting. And I wrote down in my notes on my phone, you have been preparing for this. Why are you afraid? This is why they call it spiritual practice. It's practice. It's practice. Every day you practice letting go. Every day you practice surrender. Every day you cling to God. Every day you practice the presence of God. Every day you practice joy. Every day you practice peace. Practice, 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 practice. So that when the stuff hits the fan, you'll be ready. You trust that you've got some wings. You've developed some wings. You can fly. You can soar. You can do the thing. So the invitation today is to exchange hope for trust. Instead of hoping that things will work out the way you want them to, start trusting in the flow of life. When you trust in the flow of life, you release your attachment to outcomes. And when you release your attachment to outcomes, now you become flexible. You become uh, adjustable. You're able to go with life wherever it takes you. Life goes right, you go right. Life goes left, you go left. Last week, I went to Lake Worth. A buddy of mine owns a recovery center, a recovery program. 
And uh, they've been connected to Heartway for years. So we've had a lot of folks from that recovery program come through our doors. We've baptized a lot of those folks. And um, my friend asked me if I can go to this facility that they just got in Lake Worth to lead like a spirituality support group. So I've been doing that every Sunday. I do service in the morning, get me a nice little brunch after, and then I'll go uh, to to the recovery center. And a lot of the clients are in and out. So I'll meet people one week and then the next week it's a whole new group. You know, so it's kind of hard to build relationships and a lot of people see a new person coming in and they're like, "Eh, I don't trust it." And then they're like, "Eh, spirituality, eh, I don't know. They think it's super churchy and religious." Anyways, I have fun every time that I go. But it's like a 50-minute drive from Davie to Lake Worth. So last week I took the drive, went up there and When I arrived, I did what I usually do, went to one of the staff members, told them that I was here. I saw a lot of the clients were outside uh, eating and playing games and doing basketball. They were having some recreational time. And I said, hey, yeah, I'll be in the room. Just go ahead and let everybody know that I'm here, and then they'll, they'll come over and make their way. Some days I've had 15 people in that room, and we have some awesome conversations about life and God and spirituality. Other days I've had two people in the room. Last week... I was sitting in that room. Actually, I was outside. They had this beautiful, like, nice little uh, hammock. And it's, it's nice out there. They have this beautiful tree. And I was just staring at the tree, uh, waiting for people to come to the group. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 35 minutes later, <laughs> nobody's coming to this group. Now, a lot of us, if we've ever been in a situation like that where we're waiting for people, you already know your mind starts going in a different, oh, they don't respect my time. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the excuses are or what are the things that we do. You know, like the other day I was waiting for somebody at a restaurant. 30 minutes later, nobody's there. And I'm just like, I, I mean, I was just enjoying the game. I was having a good time. But normally, our mind starts going places. I see that as like a constriction of the mind. So instead of constricting my mind into those narrow um, perspectives, these people don't care, they don't value my time, whatever. It's hard for me to even make up these things because I wasn't even thinking about it. But you know how the ego is, okay? So instead of going that route, I just decided, all right, let me get up and maybe just walk around. If they're not going to come to me, I'll come to them. Just see what's going on. And so... As I'm making my way over to the clients, one of the staff members stops me, and we start chatting. He told me that he used to be a client in the program. Now he works as a staff member in the program. He started telling me, this guy is maybe like uh, in his late 50s, and he's two years clean. The story that he was telling me was, Unbelievable, so inspiring to me. He said one statement that really stood out. He's like, Danny, I am a dead man who came back to life. Wow. Touched me so deeply to the point where I was asking him, like, how did you do it? (laughs) How did you do this? Just getting wisdom from this man in such a simple childlike form. And he was telling me about some of his relationships with his siblings that 
Uh, he still hasn't been able to repair, but he's trying to make amends and he's doing his best. But he understands that he can't blame them for not inviting him to the Thanksgiving party because all these years he hurt so many people. And Man, he was just opening up. And I felt so rejuvenated and filled up after that conversation with him. There happened to be uh, one of the clients, finally, after he saw me there talking with this guy for a little while, who came up to us. And he said, hey, hey, I'm, uh, I'm so-and-so. And you know, they told me that you're here to lead the spirituality group, and I, I want to go. I want to go to the group. We only had like 10 minutes left on my time, you know, before, I mean, I love you, but I got to go, bro. You know what I'm saying? I got Game of Thrones tonight. I got to do, I got to do some work, you know, like, so uh, he came up, and he's like, man, I, I want to do the group. I, he's like, I, I felt bad. I, you know, everybody was saying that you came and that you wanted to do this group, and I just felt bad that nobody came. And I said, bro, do not feel bad. I'm like, listen, I came tonight for him. This guy and his story touched me so deeply. Y'all thought I was coming to give something to you, but I came to receive today. And if this is the only interaction that I got out of this whole thing, it was so worth it to come. Now, can you imagine if I would have been sitting there frustrated and mad because I had my mindset with particular expectations of how that night should have gone. I would have totally missed this beautiful opportunity to connect with another human soul. And so when you're able to keep yourself open in this way, when you remain patient in the waiting, now you're able to become more aware of how God is at work in and through this waiting period. Things always happen the way that they're supposed to happen. So trust that life operates on its own kind of intelligence, which is why the scriptures say, my way are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Everything happens of its own accord. Let it be how it is. Friday, I was leaving Hialeah, where a lot of my uh, patients are for the work I do as a chaplain. And I was heading here to Cooper City to get a haircut, and I was stuck in traffic. So my uh, GPS said, I'm going to arrive there at 4.15. That's 15 minutes later than my appointment. If you come 15 minutes late to a barber shop, you may not get cut, right, Leo? Okay, because he owns some barber shops. So he knows. You come 15 minutes. I don't care who you are. You're my boy. You're backing me up. And in Danny Prada's world, if you miss your haircut, it's not, that's not a good thing. I've been getting a haircut every week for as long as I can remember, okay? My, my uh, high school basketball coach used to call me Metro because I just was so clean shaven all the time and whatever. So my GPS is saying 415. I'm like, well... Let's see, let's see how this will turn out. I'm not going to rush. I'm not going to get stressed. I'm not going to try and, you know, swerve in and out of traffic. May get in an accident and, you know, who knows? So I'm just chilling. I'm like, let's just see where this goes. I got some other buddies. Maybe I can text and see if I can get a cut if it doesn't work out. <laughs> Ten minutes into this, ten minutes into my ride, my barber texts me and he says, Hey, Danny, I'm running a little behind today. You think you could come at 4.15? I said, hey, man, no problem, bro. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'll be there at 4.15, man. It's all good. 
But do you see how things can just naturally work themselves out? Make that space. Make room for life to just do its thing. And you'll see that there's a perfect harmony to the whole thing. Everything is always working together perfectly. But if you get stuck in your way, this is how it's supposed to go. You're going to miss out on the beauty and perfection of life with all of its imperfections. That's the way it's supposed to go. The other day I was uh, with a patient in her home. She's like an 82-year-old lady who, she's at the end of her life. She wants to pass away. You know, a lot of the folks that I work with, they're ready to go. Their families are not ready to let them go, but they're ready to go. She was telling me, I'm in so much pain. And as we were talking, at one point after she expressed her emotions and got out all of the just the stuff, she said, well, you know what? And she, it was one of those generic Christian platitudes that I try to stay away from. But this is what was working for her. And I wanted to meet her where she was. She said, you know what? Even though all of this is the case, I know that, that God is just teaching me a lesson through this. And I said, oh. Do you know what that lesson is? Do you mind sharing it with me? And she looks at me and she says, patience. Patience as she awaits her her transition. And uh, we had a beautiful moment. I prayed with her and spent some time with her. But when I left, got to be honest, the first thought in my mind was, yo, God's tripping. (laughs) This man don't know when to stop. You're telling me? that he still finds a need to test our patience at the ripe old age of 82? We're screwed, man. Especially those of us who feel like, oh, I, you know, patience is such a difficult lesson and God's putting me in this to teach me. You know, we always roll our eyes when it comes to the patience lesson in life. And what I realized leaving that home was, you know what? You can learn the lesson now or you can learn the lesson later, but there is no escaping the school of patience. You have been enrolled in the school of patience, whether you like it or not. And God's going to put you in situations where you are going to learn that lesson. (laughs) And the thing about waiting and and, and patience only grows in those waiting periods. Waiting reveals to us all of the things that we are attached to other than God. So my counsel for us today is, Instead of focusing on what it is we're waiting for, it's okay to wait for things and hope for things, but instead of focusing on what we're waiting for, focus on how you're waiting for it. To wait with faith. To wait with peace. To wait with patience. This only becomes possible when you know in the depths of your heart that God will always give you what is best for you when it is best for you to have it. I, I know you wanted it now. But if you don't have it now, then you don't need it now. What you need is what you have. If you don't have it, you don't need it. So that is always The truth from a divine standpoint, no matter what season it is in your life. You may think you really need this thing to go through. But if you don't have it, you don't need it because God always gives you what you need when you need it. And you can trust in that. And you can rest in that. 
You can sit comfortably in that instead of stressing yourself out and making yourself sick, literally, because of your stress. I've actually been in certain situations with people, especially when there's uh, physical sickness, where the hope is so intense, the hope for a particular outcome is so intense that it actually leads to a sort of denial, a denial of reality. There's some people who feel like, no, I, I can only pray prayers of just super bold faith. God is going to heal this person. God is going to heal. I've even had people say to me, if you don't pray like that, then don't pray around me. If you don't pray that God is going to heal this person, God is going to make that miracle happen, then don't even pray. And I understand where that comes from. We feel like if we, if we don't do that, we're giving up on the person. No, you're not giving up on the person. You're entrusting them into the hands of God who knows best and who does what is best. You can never rule out a miracle. I've seen too much to rule out miracles. I'm going to stay open to the miraculous. But you can't rule out the misfortune. A lot of us are scared of that other side. Again, it's that hope and fear pendulum. The more intense the hope, the more intense the fear that what you hope for isn't going to happen. What if, what if what I fear ends up happening? What if they die? What if I don't get the job? What if this person breaks up with me? What if? And my invitation for us today is to exchange our what if mentality for an even if mentality. Even if it doesn't happen the way that I want it to, I will trust that God is good, that God is with me, that God will carry me, that I have everything I need within me to get through this. There's a story in the Hebrew scriptures about three Jewish young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they end up getting thrown into a fiery furnace because they don't bow down to the king Nebuchadnezzar. And before they get thrown into this furnace, and the story ends happily, they don't get burned, okay? They miraculously get saved. A fourth person appears. It's a beautiful story. But before that whole thing happens, they make this beautiful statement where they say something along the lines of, we believe that God will deliver us from your hand. But even if he doesn't, we're going to be okay. You see that prayer? That's the balance there. You can believe, believe, you can hope, but even if I know that God is good and that God always does what is good and I will trust in him. So I'm not telling you not to have any hope. You don't have to let go of your hope but you may want to let go of your attachment to what you're hoping for because things don't always work out that way. And guess what? 
maybe what you're hoping for will happen. And if it happens, great. It'll be such a pleasant surprise. But if it doesn't, at least you won't be inflicting suffering on yourself because of your expectation. So what I'm getting at with all of this is that waiting on God is something radically different than waiting for your own desires to be fulfilled. And what I'm describing is what one philosopher by the name of Martin Heidegger described as pure waiting. And I love that phrase, pure waiting. Pure waiting is just openness. So instead of setting your mind in one particular direction, you're open to multiple potentialities. You're open to whichever way this may go. You're open to the unknown. You have faith that things always happen as they must. And and you know that whatever happens will always be the highest possible good for me, even when it seems to be the opposite. And you live in that knowing. You walk in that knowing. See, waiting is very difficult when you're attached to outcomes. But when you're not attached to outcomes, waiting can be kind of fun. Because now you're just hanging around looking to see what's going to come next. Where is this roller coaster ride going to take me next? And you're ready for it. You know, sometimes the things that we hope for and desire aren't even good for us. Just because you want something really bad doesn't mean that that's the best option for you. Just because you want something desperately for another person doesn't mean that that's best for them. What makes you think that you know what's best for another person, maybe your kids, fine, until a certain age. I'll give you that, okay? Until a certain time. Other than that, you don't even know what's best for you. So what makes you think that you can dictate another person's life, right? So just because you want something desperately doesn't mean that it's what's best for you. And yet a lot of our prayers is all about demanding from God what we think is best for us. And this is why we suffer. This is why we experience pain because we are imposing our own will onto existence. And this whole thing called life is set up in a way to crush your own will. There are some people who spend their entire life seeking more power and seeking more money just so that everything can happen according to their will. I was eating the other day with a, with a buddy of mine, and he was telling me about an experience he had at a really nice restaurant, and the service was bad. And he's like, he's like you know, normally I don't do this, but I had to let them know who I am. I had to let them know who I am and where, who I work for and you know, where I work because the service was just bah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, this is the delusion that we live in. Shout out to my boy if he's watching this. But this is, this is the delusion that we live in. We think more power, but that's the world. More power, more money. Everything must happen the way that I want it to happen. And if it doesn't, my wrath will come. Those people will end up getting very disappointed, very angry, and very childish when things don't go their way. Because that is, that is the primary lesson. I mean, right before Jesus dies, it's like, if, if you can, God, let this cup pass from me. That was the hope, right? Like, I, if there's any way I can avoid this suffering, 
Nevertheless, you understand? Not my will, but your will be done. This is what it ultimately comes down to. And this is what the ego will resist the most. Because we want our will to be established, not God's will. This is why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. One of the most difficult lessons to learn in life. Take up your cross and follow me. This is what some have referred to as ego death. You know, when, when somebody passes away, normally we say, may they rest in peace. I was thinking to myself the other day, how beautiful would it be if before we died, we learned how to do that? You don't have to wait until you die to rest in peace. You can do that now. But doing that now and experiencing that now is going to involve its own sort of death. It is a daily dying to the ego. The ego itself never dies, but you can die to the ego, meaning I die to my own identification with that voice of negativity and fear and judgment within me. I die to my need to have life go the way that I think it should go. I release those expectations. I release those attachments to outcomes. And I trust in the way things are. That is how you rest in peace. May you rest in peace. Don't die, but just rest in peace, okay? Don't die on me, y'all, but just rest in peace. God is your rest. Why, why, why have faith in God if that doesn't lead to rest? The whole point of faith is rest. rest. Nothing to prove anymore. Nothing you have to become to show the world that you're something special. You, can, you don't even mind being nothing anymore when you trust in God. I, I don't mind being anything, nothing. I can just rest. Look at this scripture, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. This is it right here. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Some of y'all just needed to come to hear that today. At the right time, I will make it happen. When you read through the scriptures, I love this phrase that comes out every so often. At the appointed time. At the appointed time, at the appointed time, God did this and God did that. We always want to do things on our timing, but God determines the appointed times. So you can actually save a lot of time waiting on God. And like one uh, teacher by the name of Stephen Furtick put it, the only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. Isn't that good? The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. I know you got your timetable. I know you're waiting for some things. Instead of focusing on what you're waiting for, just focus on how you're waiting for it. Develop this patience. Welcome opportunities to develop patience in your life. They're coming anyways. You can resist them or you can openly embrace them. When those moments come, remind yourself that they are building something in you 
that is going to make you more resilient and prepared for what life throws at you. And we'll end with one last verse from Isaiah chapter 40, which says, Even though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, will gain new strength and renew their power. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we look to you. We place our hope in you. Help us to release our attachment to outcomes and to trust in the way that things are. May you develop patience in us. May you help us to remain open. May you enable us, God, to be strengthened during those waiting periods of our life. And may you remind us that you're always with us, you're always carrying us, and you're always working things out for our good. We trust in you. We put our hope in you because you are the only constant and you are the only thing that does not change. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, everybody. Happy Sunday. Always love doing this with you. We will catch you again next weekend. Bye.